Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, welcome, gentlemen, whatever, and wherever you may be listening to us, you have your ears locked in on the season of the reboot for the Caps Locks and Chair Shots podcast. My name is Ever Keen. I am your host for these festivities, and joining me as always, he is my arch nemesis, my tag team partner, and my very best friend. You know him from all around the internet, or at least you used to, but you can only find his content right here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Danny Bananas. What's up, Ed? I am excited to get into this uh, into this show here today. It's something I've been looking forward to. It's a little bit of a sanity check for me. Yes, indeed. Now, normally around this time of the year, you'd hear us talking about nothing but wrestling, but this is the season of the reboot, where we're going to talk about anything and everything we can in the sporting world. I'm going to have different guest hosts coming on. I've already had the Purple Greyhound Adam. I'm anticipating to have... Hi, Mayel Dakoa talk to me. That's the muscle of this podcast about the UFC. I've had Bill Grigsby. I've done all three of us. We're going to do all three of us again come tomorrow when we do the reaction show for WrestleMania. And so, so much more. We're going to have new faces. We're going to have old faces. We're going to have faces you'll never see. But as of right now, we're going to do a baseball preview show provided baseball actually happens this year. So, Dan... We're going to talk about baseball, and we're going to give our season preview. You ready for this? I'm as ready as I'm going to be. All right, let's start in the National League East. That's your hometown division. It was won by the Yankees last year with a that record of 103-59. and 59. They were seven games ahead of a wild card Tampa Bay Rays and a whopping 49 games ahead of your own Baltimore Orioles. Do we see a repeat in this division? Um, uh, you gotta say yes. Maybe the Rays fight for the division a little bit better this season. Um, I think the O's are still going to finish on last, but I think that they are not going to lose over 100 this year. I really like what I'm seeing from that young core. Um, I like what Brandon Hyde has coming for them, too. Um, with the Red Sox trading away half the team, basically. Um, which you can't blame them. They kind of needed to rebuild that farm system some, and they needed to get rid of some of that money. So don't really blame them for that. But I think the Yankees do win this division with uh, the Rays and then the Blue Jays, Red Sox, and then the Orioles. Red Sox, do they have a winning record this year? No, they're sub-500. Oh, wow. Hot take right there, Danny. Boy, all right. Let's take a look to the AL Central. Minnesota won the division 101-61. They were eight games ahead of Cleveland, who missed the playoffs. They were followed by the White Sox, the Royals, and the lowly, lowly Detroit Tigers, who were 47-114, 53 and a half games out of first place, and finished with the worst record in the American League. Dan, who's your division winner? Well, why don't we go over your AL East division first? I was afraid you were going to say that because I never like it when we agree, but I think we're going to agree here on at least who's going to win it. The Yankees are just too talented. Judge and Sanchez could probably set the record for strikeouts this year, um, as they can every year. They're not exactly the most patient of hitters, but they can also hit the ball out of the park 40 times a year, which is a good thing. Uh, I believe Tampa, Toronto, and Boston are going to be a lot closer than what you give them credit for. I don't think... Boston's going to allow themselves to be sub-500. Baltimore will finish, I wouldn't say 49 games out of first, but it'll be 35 to 40 in that range. They'll still be in last. I like how they finished last year, and I think that's how they're going to finish this year. Okay, I can can get with that. Um, Who do you think finishes second, and do you think two two teams come out of the AL East this year? No two teams out of the AL East. Uh, Oakland's Oakland's too good. Um, 
Cleveland, I think, is going to be too good. I You'll get one. You'll probably get Tampa or, or Boston. Toronto's got an outside shot, maybe. But Toronto, so... Toronto is always that hot-button team where people will be like, oh, they're going to be good, and then they just disappoint you. So you think the Yankees come out and maybe one wild-card team? I'd say the Yankees in Boston, yeah. Oh, wow. So Okay, so we are way off on Boston then. Yeah, I'd say that's probably our biggest discrepancy. Okay, okay. okay. Now um, let's talk about the AL Central, Dan. Can we talk about the AL Central from last year when I told you the Twins were going to fight the Indians for yes, the division and yes, possibly win did, it? You and did. you looked at me like I was absolutely crazy. Because I didn't trust them with how they fell apart in the second half two seasons ago. You're right. You're right. Go ahead and go. cannot wait to clip that recording. <laughs> it's all right. I still got some primo ones from a couple of years ago. Um, um, I think the division finishes similar to how it did this year. I think we're off on Cleveland. Um, I think it's the Twins, and then I think the Cleveland and White Sox are battling for a second, mm. and then it's going to be the Royals and Tigers. Well, buddy, we're not nearly as far off as what you think. I'm high on the Twins this year. Uh, I think they've, they've, they've done enough. They finished hot enough last year. They got enough momentum going forward. Um, I'm just... Uh, if Cleveland signs Yasiel Puig, and we're going to talk about Puig's landing spot later, if Cleveland signs him, they're a different ball club. They just there's not enough there, and I think the contract situation surrounding Francisco Lindor and a pending trade or not trade is going to hamper this team going forward. This it's either going to go one of two ways: they're either going to be lights out, and you're going to see them blow away everybody in the division, or Terry Francona is going to be out of a job by August. Lindor is going to be with a new team in July, and the Indians are going to be in fourth place. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there. I think what really makes me lower on the Indians than you probably, which thinking about it, I'm probably going to have the White Sox second um, in the division. Okay. What makes me a lot lower is um, the trade of Trevor Bauer last season. I, don't I feel think, like I, don't I feel think like that's... that was the start of the. To me, I feel like that was more the start of a rebuild for them, um, unless there was issues with Bauer that I don't know about. Bauer's personally one of my favorite pitchers. You know how I've always felt about the Indian staff with Clevenger, Bauer, and Carrasco. You know all three of them are three pitchers that I really enjoy watching. Kluber, too. I think the loss of Kluber last year was definitely... That as well. But, I mean, they're a small market team, even though Jim Dolan's one of the richest people in the country. (sighs) It's painful. It's painful. Let's talk about the AL West. The Houston Astros won 107 games and had. Did the you best, say Houston Astros? Had the best record in baseball, or I'm sorry, in the American League, 107 and 55. They won the division and top seed, followed by Oakland, who was 97 and 65. They were a wild card team, followed by Texas, the Angels, and Seattle. Seattle finished 39 games behind Houston, but only four games behind the Angels for fourth place. Dan, talk to me. What's up? Um, Man, I think you've still got to put Houston first in this division. Um, and then, honestly, to me, the other four teams, like, it's a toss-up. Like, I mean, if I had to, if I had to go with it, I think I'm going to go Houston Angels, Athletics, Rangers, Mariners. But realistically, I think all four of these, I think all 
five of these teams could possibly finish above 500. And I also think all five of these teams or four out of these five teams could easily finish below 500. Like that's the way I think the Astros are above and beyond everybody else in this division. And the other four, you can mix and mingle anyway. And it would be hard for me to argue. Even if you set forth a, an EMP around the, around the uh, batter's box. Uh, I mean, if you put the EMP around the batter's box this season, I, I think that, I think maybe the Astros get pulled down a little bit, honestly, if that was going on last season too, with the way they played. Um, or if their team just looks like they have a really bad season batting, it's going to look even worse for them after all of that. Right. Um, I think the best thing that happened to them and the worst thing to happen to them was COVID-19. Um, simply because it took the distraction off of them because the season hasn't started. But once this season starts, you know that's going to be the topic of baseball, especially if Astro batters are struggling. Oh, definitely, definitely. All right. So we picked our division winners. We're we're pretty much in agreement. Let's pick the playoffs now. Who do you got? Who do you got coming out of the AL? Uh, coming out of the AL, I have the Yankees, the Twins, the Astros. Your two wild card teams, man. The wild card's so hard for me every year because any team can just come out of anywhere. Like I'm gonna have to go with the Rays and. I'm going to go with the Athletics. Okay, so we're looking at a Rays and Athletics one-game playoff. And you have? The Rays. Minnesota, New York, Rays, and Houston. Let's see. Houston first overall, so Houston and Tampa. Who you got? I'm actually going to put the Yankees in the number one seed. So let, let me let me seed them. Um, Yankees, Astros, Twins, and then the Rays have home field against the Athletics, so the Rays win that one. Okay, so you have? Did you? What? Okay, all right, that's cool. What's that? Go ahead, go ahead. Tell me what you're thinking. You have the Rays as a wild card team knocking off the number one seed. No, 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 no. The Rays against the Athletics. I have the Rays knocking the Athletics off. the uh, The Rays had home field in there um i have the yankees beating the Rays. okay and i have the twins beating the astros so you have the twins and the yankees then who you got uh god i hate the yankees so you have the yankees all right i'll tell you what mine are i got houston as number one seed yankees second twins third cleveland and oakland in your wild cards oakland or i'm sorry cleveland beats oakland the Yankees beat the uh, Twins. Houston beats Cleveland. The Yankees beat Houston. The Yankees are going to the World Series. Fair okay, enough? so we're the same on that. Yep, let's go to the National League, shall we, Danny Boy? Let's do it. All right, in the National League East, the Atlanta Braves won the AL East by four games over the Washington Nationals with a 97-65 and record. The Nationals were the first wild card with a 93 and 69 record they were four games up on the next wild card the Mets missed the playoffs 86 and 76 Philly was 81 and 81 a surprising downturn after acquiring Bryce Harper and Miami was 57 and 105 exceeding all expectations and finishing only 40 games out of first place Dan question who um Nats Phillies Braves Mets, Marlins. So Nats, 
Phillies in second. Braves, yeah. Mets, Marlins. Okay, so you have the I Nats. don't think Philly has a repeat year that they did last year. I feel like some team camaraderie's got to come around on that. Um, and, man, I don't know. I just feel like Philly really underachieved, and I don't see that happening again. I hate it when we agree, and we're going to agree that Philly underachieved, but I'm going to have Philly win the division. Uh, I think that with the cohesion they're going to get, they're they're going to – I don't want to say they're going to run away with this division because I think Washington's going to be the first wild card there. But Atlanta overachieved, the Mets overachieved, and Miami overachieved. Miami's going to lose 110 games this year, if not more. See, I think Miami possibly could – lose less than 100 no i don't see i expect nothing from miami the reason i'm a browns fan is because i can never be disappointed if i'm always disappointed and i would feel i would take that same approach same approach with the miami marlins except i feel they could still disappoint me so that those are my picks i got philly washington atlanta mets marlins okay uh, is either one of your wild card teams coming out of the East there, Dan? Um. Yeah. Philly. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's move on to the NL Central. The St. Louis Cardinals, with a record of ninety-one and seventy-one, the worst record of any division winner, won the division by two games over the second wild card team, the eighty-nine and seventy-three Milwaukee Brewers. Followed by the Cubs at 84 and 78, Cincinnati at 75 and 87, and Pittsburgh 22 games out of first place, 69 and 93. A virtual win for the Pirates, not to lose triple digits. Dan, I'm biased. Who do you have winning this division? No, just 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 take yours first, because like you said, you're biased. So I'll let you give your biased opinion, and then I'll give my unbiased opinion on this division. The Cardinals had a differential of 102. They won 50 games at home and had a winning record on the road, something no other team in the division had. Against teams that were 500, they played 500 baseball. Only the Brewers in the division played better, who were eight games above 500 against quality opponents. They, the Cardinals finished one less or one less win than what they should have at 90, 91 and 71. They were projected to be 92 and 70. There's not a lot that's left this team. And, like I said, depending on the whereabouts of Yasiel Puig, they could be his bat away from repeating in the division. I got the Cardinals going first. I think Chicago's going to have a resurgent year, and they're going to be my second wild card team. And they're going to come out of the Central, followed by Milwaukee, Cincinnati, then Pittsburgh. Daniel? All right, so... I have it, the Brewers, the Cubs, the Cardinals, the Reds, the Pirates. Okay, so we agree on two teams, the bottom two. Uh, is either one of those teams your wild card? Uh, no. No, okay, so... I feel like the NL Central is like the AL East when the AL East is good, um, which the Central is pretty good, and don't get me wrong, I think the Reds finished above five hundred. Um, the Reds have greatly improved that team. Um I think the Pittsburgh's the only team below 500 in this division, and I don't think it's by much, but I feel like this division just beats up on each other way too much for two teams to come out of it. It seems like every central division in all sports does that, and you can facilitate the, the north in football 
for the Central. But yes, it Correct. seems like every team in all four sport or every division known as the Central in all four sports does this. Let's move on to the NL West, Daniel. The Atlanta. Let's try that again. The L.A. Dodgers finished with a record of 106 and 56, 21 games ahead of the Arizona Diamondbacks. They, needless to say, won the division, had the best record in the National League, and were only one win off Houston for having the best record in baseball. They were followed by the Arizona Diamondbacks, who were 85 and 77, four games out of a wild card spot. San Francisco finished 77 and 85. Colorado was 71 and 91, and San Diego narrowly missed fourth place with a record of 70 and 92. Dan, it's the Dodgers and then everyone else, right? Always. You know how I feel about the Dodgers. You know they're my favorite NL team. You know, a lot of that has to do with Vin Scully when he used to call the games. Right. Um, Kershaw, and just the, watching the kids that come up through this class, through this team and how good they always are, a la Cody Bellinger, a la Jock Peterson, a la Gavin Lux this year. It also, you, it, like, also, it also helps they have a hell of a scouting department. You know what I mean? Like this is one of mm-hmm. the teams that is good consistently and they build through their farm system as well. Um, and trade, you know, raid Boston and trades. They've done that a few times. So. Yes. Yeah, that's very, it's fairly true. Um, so yes, it's the Dodgers and then it's going to be, the Rockies, the Diamondbacks, the Giants, the Padres, and the Rockies are my other wild card team. All right, so you say that for me one more time. You have the Dodgers, the Rockies, Rockies, the Diamondbacks, the Giants, the Padres. Okay, all right. Well, we're not. Now, too... Go ahead. Don't get me wrong. I think the Dodgers and then the Rockies are by far the top two. I think you can move those other three around anyway. And realistically, if the Rockies play fifty percent better than what they did last year, I think they easily get a wild card. Um, I think that team just struggled mightily for some reason, and I'm not sure why. Well, they were only plus 70 in the run differential, which was, you said the Rockies. They were negative 123 and were 22 games under 500 against teams that were over 500, and they were bad away from home. They were 28 and 53 away from Coors Field, so that could have something to do with it. And I feel like that's more of an anomaly. Granted, don't get me wrong, Coors Field, amazing home field advantage, um, but I feel like the Rockies genuinely, at least the, the current-day Rockies, are not that bad away from home. They're clo- If they play closer to 500 away from home and they have the winning record at home, hands down, they're, they're, they're taking a wild card. And they are the second wild card. Philly is the first wild card. All right, so... I'm going to give you mine now, and I'm going to give you the chalk from last year. Dodgers, Diamondbacks, Giants, Rockies, Padres. And honestly, I feel like the Padres could be in second place if they get a strong year out of their biggest acquisitions that they had, mainly Manny Machado. If he can be Manny Machado of old, watch out for San Diego. All right, we need to talk. Hold on, before we move on, like the Padres are a team that I legitimately want to talk about. Okay. The reason why is because when you have guys like Machado, you know, you have guys like Machado, Fernando Tatis, Junior, Junior, correct. Um, just Eric Hosmer, Jerickson Profar, 
And then you have guys like Will Myers in the outfield, Tommy Fan, for example. I think he's an underrated player. I don't, under, I don't understand how bad they are. I mean, and then just talk about their pitching, Drew Pomerantz. If I'm not mis- correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Pomerantz a former Cy Young winner? No, he is not. But runner up? Uh, he was in the top five, I believe, but he was, he was never a Cy Young winner. I mean, you have Zach Davies, former Oriole farmhand that I was actually extremely upset about when they trade it. I mean, you just have you have Chris Paddock, which that kid can throw the ball. Don't like he's a hell of a pitcher. He's one of my favorite young up and coming pitchers to watch too. Like you just have this roster, and I, you, it makes me wonder how are they as bad as they are. Right. I mean, it, it's San Diego. I mean, I guess so. It's like Cleveland. You know, you can look as great as you want on paper for the Browns, and then the games start. Paper looks great, but it's just—it's not black and white. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think we both were extremely uh, surprised. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. We're going to move on. Because we still got to pick the playoffs. All right, let's do it. Who's your number one seed? All right, number one seed is going to be the LA Dodgers. Okay. All right, so now we get that out of the way. Philly is going to host Colorado. Who do you got? Philly. All right. If that game's in Colorado, which I don't think there's any shot it would be, I would take Colorado, but Philly at home. Nats, Milwaukee. Nats. Thought you would go there. So Dodgers, Phillies. Philly. You really don't trust the Dodgers in the playoffs. As much as I love that team, no. And I think Philly, the cohesion on Philly is going to be. The only reason why I don't give the Nats the number one seed is because of the Braves and the Phillies. I feel like the Dodgers have a lot weaker division mm, when true. it comes to who they can play. And I think the Phillies are not going to lose the division by much. I think it comes down to the last week of the season. And I think the Phillies get by the Dodgers. I think it goes seven. So you're going okay. Now I'm gonna paint this picture for you. Can you imagine the baseball people at ESPN salivating over an NLCS which will feature Bryce Harper in a Philadelphia Phillies uniform taking on the Washington Nationals? Yep, the defending and, uh, champion, Washington Nationals. And Bryce Harper and the Phillies go by. You think the Phillies go to the World Series? I do. So you have the Yankees and Phillies. Alrighty. And I'm going to have Washington and Chicago in the wild card. And guess who I'm taking? Take a Washington. guess. Oh, no. Wow. I'm taking Chicago. The Dodgers are obviously the number one seed. I'm going to go, and this is going to be the homer in me, but I just think it'd be a hell of a storyline. Cardinals over the Phillies. Cubs over the Dodgers. Can you imagine the baseball people at ESPN salivating over a Cubs-Cardinals NLCS where the winner will take on the big, bad New York Yankees? You're either going to have one of the most downtrodden fan bases in the history of baseball all of a sudden rising up to take on the Yankees. You're going to have the winningest team in American League history versus the winningest team in National League history. ESPN may cream themselves. 
that being said, I'm going with the Cardinals and the Yankees just because I can. Yeah, because you're a homer. I don't want to... <laughs> you have no room to talk, given your views on the Baltimore Ravens. You mean the number one seed in the AFC, Baltimore Ravens? Yeah, okay. Um, that's only because Tom Brady now plays in the NFC South. They were the number one seed in the AFC last year. Uh-huh. Like I said, that's only because Tom Brady now plays in the NFC South. He had his mind in Tampa the whole time anyway. Now, I want to ask you something, being that we're both wrestling fans. Um, is WrestleMania being at the Performance Center punishment for Tampa Bay for taking Tom Brady out of New England? Uh, no, like, is I that karma? The... Like, Because it, the decision wasn't made until after Brady signed that WrestleMania was going to the Performance Center and not in Tampa. Uh, karma, no, right? I, I don't think that's I don't think that's karma. I just feel like that's uh, COVID nineteen. I think it's karma. I think karma un, unwound to make this happen. That being said, anybody out there afflicted with COVID nineteen, we apologize. And my views are not the views of this podcast in general, despite the fact I own and operate said podcast. All right, let's move on. World Series, Dan, you have the Yankees and Phillies. Who's your pick? The Phillies. Really? Yeah. Explain yourself, sir. Aaron Nola, Jake Arietta, David Robinson, Zach Wheeler. Let's just talk about that. We don't even have to get uh, – you have Zach Eflin as well. Um, it's a hell of a pitching staff. And then let's talk about the bats. I feel like this is one of the most well-rounded batting lineups in all baseball with Romuto, Gregorius, Hoskins, Segura, Kingery, uh, Jay Bruce, Harper, McCutcheon, Nick Williams. You got I a mean, lot of names in there that I'd be more excited about a couple of years ago or a couple of years from now. I have a feeling that co- team cohesion and everything along those lines are going to make this a whole different team than what we saw last year. I'm just I'm not sold on it. Uh, the Yankees are just too good. Plus, you got to remember, whoever's running the Yankees, they got that midseason. Holy crap! The Yankees just traded for this guy again. Kind of play in there that's going to push them over the top. So who's yours? Let's I, hear. I your... just made my case. It's the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, if it's the Yankees, Cardinals World Series, the Cardinals get swept in four. I don't think it's in four. I mean, you still the Cardinals defense is exceptional. And Paul Goldschmidt, you have, um, I think you're going to see a resurgent year from a guy like Matt Carpenter. They're not going to be as bad in the outfield as guys like Bader and Fowler were. Um, Plus, you're going to have the emotional, I I don't want to say factor, but the emotional drive. Because this is going to be the last year probably of Yadier Molina. It's going to be the last year of Adam Wainwright. And you know that's going to play into a lot of emotions. It's going to be the Gipper effect. You know, win one for this guy. Or win one for these guys. And I think that's going to carry a lot of weight. And I think it's going to be an ongoing theme throughout the year. That being said, the Yankees are so damn talented. You're going to have a a Game 1 matchup of Jack Flaherty and... Luis Severino, but I think the Yankees are deeper throughout for the rest of that pitching staff. I think the Cardinals may be more talented in the eight positions around the mound, but I think the Yankees have a better mound presence. 
And for that, the Yankees are going to win in six. Well, looks like we are on complete opposite sides here. So um, I'm taking the Yankees. You're taking Philly. Yeah. All right. There's a strong chance that I'm not going to remember this come October, if there is an October this year. So we're going to cross that bridge when we come to it. Let's talk about some awards, Dan. Are you ready? Who is your Cy Young Award winner? In the NL? There's one name, and it has to be the name that's about to come out of your mouth. It's Kershaw. Absolutely, it's Clayton Kershaw, and I don't think there's anybody close to him. In the AL? I think we may be on the same page here. I don't know if we are, because I'm going to pick Mike Clevenger. We're on the same page here, Dan. Because I'm, of course I'm picking Cleveland. My second favorite team, and Clevenger's got the stuff, the drive, and he's one of them guys that can fly just underneath the radar enough that all these smart people will be like, yo, check out what this guy in Cleveland does. Well, Cleveland's terrible. Yeah, but he's won 19 games in his ERA sub 250. Oh, okay. Well, Justin Verlander's already won his Cy Youngs, and... You know, Severino's in New York, so we're going to not vote for him just because all of New York's going to vote for him. So here's Mike Clevenger coming in, just as talented, if not more talented, playing for a bad team. Let's give him the Cy Young. Am I off? I feel like that's the same. No, I'm not, I mean, we're on the same page. I can't argue with you. All right, let's go MVP. AL, it's Mike Trout. Like, I feel like hands oh, down. Oh, hold you up, have... hold up, hold up, hold up. Do we? Okay, no, continue. What? Hold up, what hold up. No, no, no. No, I'm just doing what Mike Trot does every year. Stop. Stop. Seems like that's what he does every year. It's screwed me on a fantasy baseball team twice, where he's gone into that August-September swoon. And uh, this year in the NL, I think it's a former AL player that wants to give a big middle finger to the team that just traded him, and that's Mookie Betts. That's solid. Um, and you got the L.A. bias there with bets. Uh, I'm going to go with Machado. I think... Oh, wow. Well, I mean, I feel like Machado should deserve comeback player of the year, even though he wasn't injured after the season he had last year. Well, that's the thing. I think he's got an axe to grind, especially in the West, given the fact that all eyes are going to be on, what is that, 95 North from San Diego to L.A.? Um, yeah, I'm... I'm going to go off the grid and I'm going to say Manny Machado or Paul Goldschmidt. Either way, but that's just the homer in me. In the American League, Iron Judge. Just okay. I mean, that's, I feel, you know, that's, that's, no, that's no, hard I'm wrong, to argue. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Stanton. No. Oh. Sanchez. No. It's, a, it's going to be a New York Yankee. Oh, you think it's going to be a Yankee for sure then, huh? It's either going to be Judge Judge or Stanton, just because it's going to be hard to say no to uh, to a guy that's going to hit 50 home runs and drive in 130. Both okay. one and or both those guys have that potential, so it's either going to be Judge or Stanton. So, Dan, let's talk about the elephant in the room, and it's an elephant that has put us all in all of our rooms. And Can we talk about Rookie of the Year first? Uh, fine. 
by all means, pick a player. Uh, for the NL, it's going to be Gavin Lux. Of course it will be. Continue. And for, for the AL, um, I can't wait to hear your opinion on this. Uh, Brendan McKay of the Rays. I'm going to go out on a limb here. He's a pitcher? He's a pitcher DH. Oh, Shohei times two, huh? Yes. I mean, if it works, it works. I think it. I'd feel a lot better about it if Joe Madden was making that decision. Um. Yeah, sure. Why not? I love pitchers that can hit. In fact, do you, have, I, a, do you I, have an opinion on that on rookie of the year or no? I agree with you. I mean, I haven't done nearly as much research as you did, but those were the two names that stuck out to me. But I mean, when I play out of the park baseball, twenty twenty one is out. By the way. When I play 20, I always turn the DH on in the National League and have whatever Cardinals pitcher be my DH. Granted, all of his stats are maxed out, and he hits for about 540 a year. But still, that's, I mean, I love a pitcher that can hit. I think, you know, that that adds a whole new dimension to your offense. I just, I'm not a fan of the DH being in the, being existing, but that's neither here nor there. We can have that argument one day. Well, screw it. Let's have it now. Should we have the DH? Absolutely. Why? Why not? Why not create that additional spot for another player to get paid? Um, Add a roster spot. Add two roster spots. Why shouldn't we have a DH? Let's go there. Argue against it. Why shouldn't it be universal around the league? For one, it goes against the tradition of baseball. For two, it's unnatural. For three, what's the point of having... Uh, it, it, it's like having, uh, it's like having a kick returner that's specifically on the team to return kicks that knows nothing about the playbook, knows nothing about the receiver tree. I dislike it greatly. I think everybody should be able to master all points of the game. Pitchers should have to hit. Batters should have to throw. There shouldn't be one guy, a 43-year-old player, who's only there to swing the bat, and as soon as he gets on, you pull him for a pinch runner. That's softball stuff. If you can't play a position and bat, you shouldn't be in the league, period. You're playing baseball, Completely not disagree. a subsection of baseball. Here's the reason why. For one, most pitchers focus their they, they focus their craft on pitching, so they don't worry about hitting. So that's why NL ERAs are always so much lower than AL ERAs because that's a free out every, every nine batters. Right. So in the AL, you're going to have that position you're gonna have to work around that you have to build your team around that right to where in the nl you you don't so it's the same as a pitcher getting pulled for a pinch hitter it's talking about pulling it for a pinch runner it's like almost the same i mean we can go round around about this well no it's not it's not because it is that's part of the strategy of baseball you're in the part of the strategy of baseball is having that dh you're in the bottom of the sixth solid hitter your starting pitcher has thrown 98 pitches he's coming up fourth there's a runner on first. It's a one-run game. There's two outs. Do you bring the guy back? He's only given up a run. He's thrown 98 pitches, though. Or do you bring in a pinch hitter and warm up somebody in the bullpen? In the American League, you don't have to worry about that. Your pitcher's going to go out there for the seventh inning because exactly. the DH is going to take that spot. That's not baseball. That's playing it safe. That's playing easy on Madden. No. You're yes, completely it wrong. absolutely right. is. Managers we can, don't have we to can make continue a this. We can continue this conversation at another time. But um, just to prove that I'm so much smarter than you, 
what two players are in the 600 club and have never had a 50 home run season? Hank Aaron. Yes. And, and Albert Pujols. Oh, look at you. Look at you. Oh, gee, I wonder. My dad's favorite player was Hank Aaron. Where did Pujols play for 11 years of his career? I was. I thought you were going to get stumped on the Pujols one. I didn't think you would think oh, of him. Man. Plus, I'm proud of you. I read at the same time you did, probably. Um. All right, let's uh let's move on and talk about this here elephant in the room and how it's going to affect baseball. You know, Dan, you brought up before the show started the conference call that uh, our president had with pretty much every guy in charge of every sporting league there is, and he said we may not have fans in stadiums until late August, early September. I've also heard rumors that. They're talking about neutral site games, spring training facilities, just to have the games get played in front of no fans. What are your thoughts, Dan? I don't, with the seriousness of COVID-19, I don't think that's a real option, honestly. Um, For one, teams are going to lose too much revenue. Um, At least it's some from the TV market, though. I mean, yeah, true. It's, I mean, it would be great for us as fans to be able to watch, to have something to watch. Like, the the NFL draft probably will have the highest ratings this year that the draft has ever, has ever seen and ever will see. Um, because sports fanatics are just dying, dying to watch for something. something. Yeah. Um, I think this is going to affect the NFL season as well. I know this is a MLB podcast, but... Ish, if, it's a wrestling podcast that's talking about baseball. But if we're talking about the seriousness of this, I don't know if we get a baseball season. You think it's um, going to be wiped out? I think it's very possible. I don't think we get the end of the NBA season. I think the NHL season's over as well. Um, I think almost every season for 2020, soccer, all the soccer leagues included, are probably finished. Um, I think the only thing we might get back because it would be a little bit easier to do if they want to do it without fans would be NASCAR because that's so confined to just a limited number of people on each team. What the about only golf? way I, I golf's an individual uh, sport. I mean, yeah, golf is an individual sport. Um, I, the only issue I see with golf is the travel restrictions. Uh, yeah. Um, with, cause you have players like, you have your Japanese players, you know, you have your players from the UK that are not able to travel over here right now. And unless they just play on the UK tour, I don't think the PGA would want to continue and have just basically an American tour almost because so many of your top golf players are from overseas, essentially. Right. Um, it's one of those things. This is one of those things where I really can't guess what's going to happen. I don't, I will put it to you this way. If, it continues on the path that it's continuing on. Um, President Trump originally said that he wanted everything to be open by April 12th. Mm-hmm. And then he, last week, extended the guidelines of no more than 10, of gathering 10 together to April 30th. Right. Um, so let's just say everything gets cleared up by April 30th, which I don't think is going to happen. Uh, I don't think a lot of Americans are taking this serious. I think essential employee is a joke of a term. Um, in my opinion, there are too many businesses that are not essential that are still open because they are considered essential. 
Right. I mean, um, the definition of essential is... Um... You have... So if you want to have something like... If you want to have an essential business, I will take cell phone carriers for an example. Okay. You can do everything online. You can order a phone online. You can just have your warehouse workers. You do not need retail stores open. This is true. You don't need retail stores open. Um, your grocery stores. There's no reason to have people in grocery stores. You can have... Listen, hear me out. Hear me out because I see your face. Once again, you can do online pickups. Not you everybody can, has access to that, especially your, your more aged people. So I get correct, grocery stores correct. a lot more so, than I get. So then, in, so then, yeah, you're right. You're right. You do have your older people, but grocery stores here in Maryland are already doing senior hours. So do senior hours for people that don't, don't have access to that. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm agree sorry, with but you, if you're but... anywhere from forty to twenty, you should know how to do that. Um, and if you don't have access to a cell phone or the internet due to financial reasons or something along those lines, you know that's a completely different story. Um, I understand that every situation is different, but I feel like restrictions need to be a lot more tight if they really want to try to control this. Well, I mean, I and I completely agree with you, but the things that car dealerships. There's a car dealership about six blocks from my house still selling cars. Why? Now, I will say car dealerships here in Maryland, I don't believe they're allowed to be open, but they are allowed to do online transactions. No, I don't know how it, it is for I you. I mean, it's more than... I, I get mechanics need to be open. Got that. But why the actual dealership? Why does that need to be open? You know, I get some... I get food places. Yes. Grocery stores. Absolutely. A check cashing place. A pawn shop. Why? Why? Um, so... I, I don't understand the whole point of either of those businesses, but that's just no. me. I mean, I could be wrong. Um, you know... That's, that's what I mean. Like, the term essentials used so loosely, it's almost a joke. There's a place uh, in this area called Gumby's. It is a liquor... It is a drive-thru liquor and cigarette shop. Why is that open? Um, so... I will disagree with you on that. Well, that's because you drink and smoke. Well, it's because I drink, but let's also look at it this way. Let's also look at it this way. Um, you have alcoholics who would go through withdrawal, who would then take up more beds in a hospital. Yeah. Who could, but... else per, who could also spread, which could then become affected by COVID-19. Uh, alcohol and medical... and meth clinics and stuff like that. Like, I hate to bring stuff like that up, but it's almost like stuff like that. I, I kind of get as essential. I think if There's you a have a drive through spot, here's my opinion. If you have the drive through like you do there, um, there's no reason for the inside to be open. Well, Just you the can't employer. get into the inside. So you can't No. then. I mean, I, in my opinion, that's fine. Yeah. It, I, if it's a drive-through, there's no reason for the inside to be open. Just like if, just like if restaurants have the ability to do curbside carryout, yeah, there's no reason to go in and do pickup. You bring the food out to the car. You haven't been able to get inside of a Gumby's unless you work there ever. Um, uh, but that, I mean, it's literally like it's a drive-through. I'm sure you know what a drive-through is, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I we don't have drive-through liquor stores here in Maryland, but well. Yeah, and that's that's just the sad thing, you know. Ohio's just, I guess, Ohio and West Virginia ahead of everybody else when it comes to all of I your mean, vices. 
they're they're down in North Carolina too. I don't know why they're not here. I don't know if it has to do with Maryland law or something like that, but I wish they were. Maryland has laws. Yeah, right. Anyway, back to other things. Do you so you're not high on there being baseball at all this year? Unfortunately, no. I think if we have baseball, maybe it's a 40-50 game season if we're lucky, and that's if they play doubleheaders. What do you see as – how is this going to affect the league at all? Like, are contracts just going to be paused? And no. A year is no, they've already said they've already said that this will count as a year. So, for example, Mookie Betts got traded to the Dodgers. If there's no baseball, Mookie Betts is a free agent next year. How bad would that hurt the Dodgers? I mean, yeah. After all they gave up for him to – Boy, that, that's something you do not want to see if you're a Dodgers fan. I mean, that's something you don't want to see if you're a baseball fan. I mean, I don't like seeing Mookie Betts and Dodger Blue, but that's just because there's a good shot that the, that he will be playing St. Louis in a playoff game instead of a World Series game, but that's just me. I mean, I think this affects – I mean, let's talk about the NFL draft too. I mean, you know, like you said, this is a wrestling podcast and we're covering everything and just the seriousness of this. It's – the NFL draft, like high school kids, we can just even relate this to high school kids. Yeah, you, they lost their proms. High school seniors lost their proms. Um, granted, it it obviously, I went to mine, yes, but it didn't mean as much to me as it does to some kids. But these kids probably won't be able to walk across stage for graduation either. They've already been canceled in a lot of states, including Ohio and Maryland, like. It's it just sucks. Like it it sucks for these for seniors. I mean, it sucks for everyone in general. But when you look at the way that this has affected the world, I don't think this. I hope, and I don't think this is something that you and I will see again in our lifetime. Um, a pandemic like this. I should hope and if not. We, and if we do see something like this again, um, I think this is. I hope this is a real learning curve. Um, and we take it more serious next time from the beginning. You're straying into political waters there, bud. I mean, it is what it is. I'll no, talk. You're, a- right. you're right, but let's just steer clear of it. Um, uh, and well, I no, when, I, when I say take it more serious, I just mean as a society, myself included. Oh, yeah, because, absolutely. Because to me, this was, a, this was a, a joke in the beginning. Like, Oh yeah, it's going to be so bad. It's the flu- but no, it, it actually is that bad. It was. It was like I'm meme. not. I'm not speaking from a political standpoint. I'm just speaking from a standpoint of society. Like as as societal members, I don't think we took this serious. And as society, we need to come together and we need to band together. And if you're wearing those masks and you're wearing those gloves, and you take them off and you just throw them on the ground, you're a part of the problem. Like. You are a part of the problem. They're not just going to... They're not biodegradable. They're going to go into our waterways. They're going to cause more issues down the line. So just keep that in mind if you're wearing that stuff to protect yourself. Or as some people like to say, to protect other people. Mm. You just keep that in mind. Yeah, and I completely agree with you on everything you just said. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up with you, Dan. You're an NBA guy. And a lot of the NBA focuses around the NBA draft. And the NBA draft focuses around the NCAA season. What's up with these one-and-done guys? Like, if the rest of the season is over, is the NCAA going to relinquish that eligibility for them to go into the NBA draft? You mean from 
from college right now, the ones that missed yeah. March Madness, they're just going to be able to go to the NBA draft. Correct, yeah, because it was the postseason. The regular season was over. And okay. that's not an NCAA rule. That's a uh, NBA rule. What if next season is compromised? Like, what if this, worst-case scenario, we're in this holding pattern for a year, year plus? So, with the NFL and I believe the NBA, the rule is for the NBA, you have to be one year removed from high school to be eligible. You don't have to be one year played in college. The NFL is three years removed from high school before you are draft eligible. Okay. So... I don't know how that. I don't think that would affect that eligibility in any way, shape, or form. Um, and like, I feel like it's going to be up to the kids once again on what they want to do. And I use the term "kids" loosely because obviously they're adults, right? Um, but the NCAA for the spring sports have already said that they're going to grant additional year of eligibility to players that want it for the spring sports, but they are not doing it for winter sports because the winter season was basically over. Right. Is that something you think we're going to see in high school as well, depending on the state? Gosh, that's... Well, you're eligible... Well, you're eligible to play four years in high school. Once you graduate, you're done. Right. So, I don't know how that would work because I don't know how it's going to work for kids that... If they're still graduating this year... Like if oh no, you're obviously, high... if they're out of school, they're out of school, and, and that's it. But there is some talk that school, that there may be some states that mandatory, you repeat this year. Especially if it compromises next year, where we're not going to let you advance because you didn't go to school. And online schooling is great, but there's no substitute for being in the classroom unless you're a, a homeschooled child that is by a verified homeschooled teacher you know what i mean there's a lot i mean if you're in school then you're in school i I feel like you're going to be eligible to play high school sports but i don't know if you're missing my point what i'm saying is a senior next year a kid that would be graduating gets held back because it's a mandatory repeat of that school year he gets that year of eligibility right so he technically would have been eligible for five years so now you have 19 year olds playing against 14 year olds if that 14-year-old's good enough to play varsity. Welcome to small-town sports, buddy. Everybody's good enough because there's nobody to play. Anyway. I mean, I, that, that's that's one that, like, I don't... For one, I don't see... I don't see states making it mandatory for kids to go back to school if they are still doing online schooling right now. Like, I just don't think that's possible. Okay. I don't think I don't think that's something that can happen. All right. Well, Dan, I'll tell you what. We had plans for what this show was supposed to be. Didn't really work out for us due to some tech issues. As such, we each drafted a team to play head-to-head against one another. That obviously has gone by the wayside. Dan, would you like to review who your team was and tell me if they would have beaten my team? Well, you already know that they would have beaten your team. Um, Let's review who was on your roster. Uh, You had leading off at short, Francisco Lindor. Strong pick. Cleveland Indian. Love it. Uh, Your second place, or your second position batter was right fielder Juan Soto. Excellent choice. Why'd you choose Soto? Uh, I 
love that kid after the World Series. Probably one of my favorite players, and I'll look forward to watching him whenever baseball starts back up. Okay, I already know why you picked your third-place hitter, left fielder Mookie Betts. Uh, center fielder Mike Trout was uh, was uh, batting cleanup for you. St. Louis Cardinals first baseman Mike Trout was batting fifth. You mean Paul Goldschmidt? That's what I meant. Alex Bregman, your third baseman, batted sixth. Cody Bellinger, your DH, batted seventh. Yasmani Grandal, your catcher, batted eighth. And Ozzy Albies from the Chicago White Sox is your second baseman, batting ninth. Why did you choose him, Dan? Um, so it was a toss-up for me, and if I could go back and repick, it actually wouldn't have been Albies. Who would you have picked? It would have been Gavin Lux. Mm, but you got to remember, we're going off 2019 stats. Still, would have, That's why it was Albies. Okay, all right. Now, my team, Ronald Acuna Jr. was in right field. Bryce Harper batted second and left. Christian Yelich, center fielder, batted third. Now, if you look, we both had all of our outfield spots batting in the top four. My cleanup hitter was Nolan Arenado at third base. He batted fourth. Freddie Freeman, the third baseman, batted fifth. Jose Altuve, my second baseman, batted sixth. Carlos Correa, my shortstop, batted seventh. Gary Sanchez, my catcher, batted eighth. And Lorenzo Cain, my DH, batted ninth. Now, just to preface this, I picked my team after Dan picked his. So I couldn't pick the same players Dan did. All right, Dan, who was your pitcher? Uh, my pitcher was Mike Clevenger. Why did you pick Mike Clevenger? <laughs> Dude's got nasty stuff. The leg kicks throws people off. Like, his high leg kick throws everyone off. And I just I believe in the kid. Okay. For those of you wondering, I picked Clayton Kershaw because... And I also didn't want to take the most obvious pick in the whole, like, I knew I had a stacked lineup, and I was like, I'll throw him a bone and give him the pitcher. So you basically what you're saying is you didn't want to win. Oh, no, because Kershaw's not going nine, going nine innings against that lineup. He's um, not going nine. You're right. He's probably going 12. No, he, he'll he be lucky to go six. Ah, okay. Well, Clevenger, Clevenger will go probably. Clevenger's going to go four and then look at my bullpen. Yeah, I don't see that happening. I actually didn't write down your bullpen because it was in the game, and the game crashed halfway through. It simulated the rest of the game, burned your pitcher, burned my pitcher. We may be able to do it again down the line. I don't know. Anyway, we will see. But, Dan? Well, here's that bullpen. Uh, Hater, Kirby Yates, Chapman, Hendricks, and Presley. Do you happen to have mine somewhere? Um... No. Okay, great. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, 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 I do, I do. Oh, really? Batantis, Kimbrell, Nebel, Miller, and Robinson. Yeah, that's a pretty solid back end, if, if I do say so myself. Do you have the the um, the bench players we picked? Uh, you had Sanchez. Sanchez was guess. my starting catcher. Okay, then Posey, because you had Posey written on there. Um. Bryant, I'm guessing that's Chris Bryant. Yes, that is Chris Bryant. Um, so then, and then J.D. Martinez would have been for you. Yep. And for me, it would have been Max Muncie, Judge, and... You'd had a backup catcher. Yeah, Max Muncie. Okay. But who, where is... No, I had Max Muncie at first, originally. So it would have been Muncie was backup, 
Judge was back up, and I'm trying to figure out who my third. Eh, it's unimportant. You'd have lost anyway. I would not have lost. Uh, I, th- I think you screwed me there, bud. Eh, we'll figure it out. I had Grindall, Muncie, Albies, Bregman, Lindor, Soto, Betts, Trout, and then Goldie, Judge, and Bellinger. We'll figure it out when we get the game back open again. Um, But, Dan, we've reached the end of the line. This is the end of our baseball show. How do you feel? Uh, sad. Yeah. Yeah, don't we all? But you know what's not going to make you sad, Dan? It's something I am personally excited about. We're halfway through WrestleMania. And the next edition of WrestleMania will happen tonight, day two, where we're going to see the Universal Championship decided. The NXT Women's Championship is going to be on the line, and we're going to see Bray Wyatt take on John Cena in a Firefly Funhouse match. And guess what, folks? We're going to break down WrestleMania. It'll be myself. It'll be Dan. It'll be Jaime. The band is back together, and we're going to talk about all this tomorrow evening. That show should be up on Anchor FM tomorrow evening. It'll be on Spotify a few days later. So you can be sure to tune in and listen to us talk about everything we loved and hated about WrestleMania. And let me give you a sneak peek. Jaime wasn't a big fan. I know. Shocking, right? But Dan... Are you excited for WrestleMania? We talked about this pre-show. I am going to go into what I have the remainder of to watch of Saturday with an open mind. And uh, tonight with an open mind might open some brewskis uh, that might help. But I can tell you not being there and not having a live crowd has definitely affected my opinion. All right. Well, Dan, are you more excited about WrestleMania tonight or our breakdown show on Monday? Uh, always the breakdown show. That's why I love you, Dan. Because of my opinions differ from your guys' opinions a lot. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this brings us to the end of our outer Out of Order Episode 2 of the reboot season of the Caps Locks and Chair Shots podcast. It's been myself and Daniel's pleasure to bring this show to you. And as always, if you're not down with the Caps Locks and Chair Shots podcast, Danny Bananas has just two words for you. Keep listening.